Parenting, it's the hardest job we'll ever do. Most of us are tired, stressed, and counting the minutes until bedtime. But what if raising kids could feel just a little lighter? I'm Dr. Hillary, a licensed psychologist and mama of three, and you're listening to the Raised Resilient Podcast, where each week we tackle tough parenting topics, and I help decode behavior and empower you with tools and strategies so that even the hardest moments make more sense. Because parenting is hard, no matter how you do it. But I can help you go from barely surviving to parenting in a way that feels good for you and your child. So warm up your coffee and grab your earbuds. It's time to raise resilient kids. Hello, and welcome back to Raised Resilient. In today's episode, I wanted to share with you a little bit more about who I am, my approach to parenting and what makes it unique, and what you can expect from this podcast going forward. So as I mentioned in the intro and last week, I'm a licensed psychologist. I'm a mom of three, ages seven and a half, four and a half, and almost one. I own a private therapy practice where I specialize in perinatal mental health and general mental health for parents. So perinatal mental health includes things like anxiety and depression during pregnancy and postpartum, birth trauma, the adjustment to parenthood, And then parents' mental health includes all of that, but then also support for parents who are struggling to parent the way they want to. Now, my official disclaimer here is that this podcast isn't therapy and listening doesn't constitute a therapeutic relationship with me, but I will share with you some of the things that my clients find most helpful and the themes that come up over and over again as people struggle to parent in a way that feels good. Because again, that is my goal to help you parent in a way that feels good for you and for your child. A few fun facts about me. I'm an avid lover of yoga. I love being outside. I love animals and especially dogs. I'm into functional medicine and anything holistic that really looks at the whole person. I love puzzles and have been obsessed with this wordle craze that we've all been going through. Um, And music, just to name a few things. Now on to my approach to parenting. So there's a lot of labels out there lately right? Respectful parenting, gentle parenting, conscious parenting, mindful parenting, peaceful parenting, just to name a few. Now, these labels are all getting at the same thing. Parenting differently, right? Differently than we were parented, differently than we have been parenting, differently than the status quo. But I try not to label my approach to parenting, even though I definitely resonate with the ideas behind those labels I just said. But I think labeling ourselves can sometimes feel kind of dogmatic, right? Like it can feel like there's only one way to do things. And I just don't think that's true. So instead of trying to parent in a way that fits perfectly into one specific box, I'm going to share with you today some of the guiding ideas that kind of define my specific approach to parenting. And I will also share what makes this podcast and my approach to parenting different than some of the other things you might find out there. Okay. So the first thing that I will say is really central to how I think about parenting is that I don't believe in bad kids or bad behavior. Like I genuinely, there's no such thing, right? There's no such thing as bad behavior. There's no bad kids. Now that might be a hard sell on the behavior side. I think most of us, at least in theory, can agree that all kids are good. But here's where that gets tricky, right? We were raised with this messaging of, Were you a good girl today? Were you a good boy at school? Were you a good girl for grandma? Right? Like we heard this just all the time. And so that created this dichotomy that we were either good or we were bad. And usually that meant we were bad when we were struggling, right? When we were having a meltdown or having big feelings or not able to control our impulses. And the fact is 
that gets into kids' heads. I'm sure if you heard that growing up, that in some way that got into your head. If you are a people pleaser or like me, a recovering people pleaser, it might be rooted in this idea that you were trying to please others to be seen as good, right? But the truth is that all kids, all people in fact, but let's focus on kids for right now. All kids are just doing the best they're able with what they know, the resources they have, the skills they have, all of that in any given moment, right? They're doing the best they are able right now. So let's take, for example, I hear this all the time from parents where you'll have a child who is completely capable of getting themselves ready to go to school, but some days they just won't, right? They won't or they can't. And the parents are so flustered. Like, why are you asking me to help you get dressed? Like you are completely capable of doing this. And what I would say is not in that moment, right? If they're asking you for help, then they need help in that moment, even if they are physically capable of going through the entire routine by themselves. So that's just an example, but I think it's one that we can really see easily where it seems like um, you're not doing your best. You know how to do this, but there's something getting in the way that day, right? So when our kids aren't doing what we're asking, there's something getting in the way. When our kids are doing behaviors that are not ideal, right? Hitting, yelling, fighting, scratching, defiant quote unquote behaviors, I don't like that word, but you know what I mean when I say it, right? These behaviors that kind of fly in the face of what we're asking of our kids. There's something getting in the way of them doing what we need them to do or want them to do in that moment. Okay, so there are no bad kids. All kids are good. And when your child is having a hard time, it's easy to think that they are giving you a hard time. It can feel very personal. But the truth is, When your child is struggling, you have a good kid having a hard time, a good kid who's struggling. And when you start to use that, you can almost use it as a mantra, right? Just say it in your head when your child starts to struggle. It takes you from feeling like you're on a separate team from your child, like it's you against your child. And it takes you into this place where you can say, how can I help, right? My child and I are on a team together against the situation. So just reframing it from my child is giving me a hard time to I've got a good kid who's having a hard time can really be a game changer. So I also said that there's no such thing as bad behavior. And that one, I think, is a little bit of a harder sell for a lot of people. Because when you look at some of these behaviors at face value, things like hitting or yelling, name calling, biting, scratching, these behaviors feel really challenging. And I am sure there are those of you out there listening who are going, that absolutely is bad behavior. What are you talking about? Well, here's the thing. I want to reframe the way you see behavior. Behavior is not good or bad. It just is. Behavior is a manifestation, right? It's what we see, but it's not the whole story. Behavior, all of it, even the really, really challenging behaviors that make you want to scream or actually scream is communication all behavior. Okay. So I believe this really strongly. And when we see behavior as communicating something to us, then we can get curious about, okay, well, what is this behavior communicating? Let's use an example of, let's say your child, there's candy in the pantry and your child knows not to take some, especially not before breakfast. 
This actually happened in our house this week. (laughs) Um, And yet your child takes the candy. Now, your child knew that wasn't okay. You have specifically asked them many times not to do that. What the heck is going on, right? Well, in that case, the behavior communicates that your child wasn't able to regulate the impulse to take the candy. Knowing and doing are two different things. So behavior can communicate a missing skill or an unregulated impulse. Behavior can also communicate an unmet need, right? Maybe your child has a need for connection with you and they don't know how else to say it. And here's the thing. These needs are often not conscious to your child. So it's not like your child is aware that they're acting out their need for connection by hitting, right? That's not how this works. Because if your child was aware enough to know what they needed, they would be coming to you and going, hey, mom, I need you right now, (laughs) right? But that's not what happens. So it's our job to get curious about the behavior, to really decode the behavior and understand what's going on underneath, right? I believe that strongly, that it is so, so important to look at behavior not as good or bad, but as communication. So I'll share with you an analogy, and you're going to figure out (laughs) that I love analogies. I love to translate these ideas into things that we can all understand and access. And a lot of the ideas from, say, attachment theory are very kind of lofty and esoteric. And so I want to make them something that we can all understand and use in our everyday parenting. So... And this analogy, actually, this one does not come from my own brain. This one comes from Circle of Security Parenting, which is a parenting program based on attachment theory. So they talk about how behavior is like a smoke alarm. And the need or the missing skill or whatever is going on underneath that behavior is the fire. Now, if you spray the smoke alarm with a fire extinguisher, Literally nothing is going to happen, right? You have to find the source of the smoke. The smoke alarm alerts you that there's something going on. You have to find the source of the smoke, find the fire, and spray that with the extinguisher. So this leads me into my next idea that I believe strongly about parenting. I don't believe in using punishments. Now, I absolutely believe in using boundaries and natural consequences, so we'll talk more about that approach as this podcast goes forward, but suffice it to say that punishments don't work well. Not only, okay, so the research says that punishments might work in the short term, right? That if you send your child to time out for hitting, you might see less hitting in the short term. But what happens in the long term, and this is really interesting, what happens in the long term actually is that hitting might start up again or you might have a different behavior that comes up. So let's say, okay, hitting happens because our child can't regulate that impulse when they're in the face of really mad feelings, right? So your child is really, really mad and they can't regulate the impulse to hit and they don't know what else to do with those feelings and so they hit, right? There's a missing skill there. So you punish that behavior. You send that child to time out. They're going to learn real quick, okay, I really don't want to do this unpleasant thing that you're making me do and so I'm going to try not to hit, but next time maybe they scratch or they bite, or they internalize that anger, which can lead to major issues down the road, right? You can end up playing behavioral whack-a-mole. But more importantly than the fact that actually punishments don't even do the thing that we're hoping they will do, more importantly, punishments erode your connection with your child. 
everything I'm going to share on this podcast about parenting is going to be from the approach of not using punishments. Now, if you were listening to this and you're like, "Uh uh-uh, there's no way I can punish or I can parent without punishments, right? There's no way I can do that. I hear you. And I get that that can be a really hard sell, especially to a generation who was raised with punishments. I would argue that most of us have been punished at some point in our childhoods, right? Or our adolescence. And here's the thing. I promise you it is possible to parent without punishments. It's not necessarily easy and it doesn't necessarily come naturally to a generation who was parented with punishments, but it is possible. And I'm going to show you how to do that. But no punishments does not mean no boundaries. Okay, so we're not talking about permissive, whatever you want kind of parenting. That's not what I'm about. Our kids need boundaries. Our kids need to feel safe. And when we can sort of metaphorically or literally put our arms around them when they're in this place of emotional storm, right? Imagine your child, almost like a little tornado, having these big feelings. When we can kind of contain that storm, whether that's by stopping them from hitting or taking them out of a public place where they're melting down or keeping them from throwing toys, when we can keep them safe in the face of those really big feelings and those impulses that can lead them to do things that are unsafe, then our kids feel cared for. They feel safe. They know that whatever they bring, you've got them, right? And so boundaries are necessary, but punishments are not. So we'll talk more about that, but that's just a really important piece to how I think about parenting. And another really important idea that kind of underlies everything I think about parenting is that connection is pretty much always the answer. What I mean by that is that whatever struggle you're having in your relationship with your child, if you feel like your child is just not working with you, not listening to the things you're asking of them, if you feel like your child is just constantly acting out, if you feel like you're just not getting anywhere and you're so frustrated and feeling stuck, the answer always comes back to your relationship with your child. It always comes back to connecting with them. We'll talk about the specifics and what that looks like, but connection is pretty much always a priority in everything I share about parenting. I'm trying to support that connection that you have with your child. And when I think about parenting my own kids, I'm always asking myself, okay, is this helping our connection? So, That's another really important piece to what I believe about parenting. So I've mentioned a few times on here that my goal is really and truly to help you parent in a way that feels good for both you and your child. So what that means and what I think really makes my approach different from some of the things you'll find out there is that I really care not just about your child's mental health and your child's well-being, but about your mental health and well-being right? I don't think you can have one without the other. I really don't. Because here's the thing. It is a relationship that we are growing. We're not just growing humans. We're growing a relationship, that parent-child relationship. And if you are not getting your needs met, if you are martyring yourself to take care of your child, that's never going to work. It's not sustainable and it's not healthy for you or your child. So that means that I'm never going to advise you to parent from a place of martyrdom. 
That means that self-care isn't just a nice to have, but it's a necessity. So many parenting approaches, I think, focus on what to do with and say to your child, but they don't speak to what can get in the way of doing those things, even when you know you should. I mean, how many times have you known what to do, but haven't been able to make it happen, right? You know you don't want to yell at your child, but you still do, right? And so why is that happening? Well, because there are some things getting in the way, right? I think so many parenting approaches don't speak to the idea of parents as whole people with so many factors influencing the way we show up to parenting on any given day. So I'm always looking through this lens of all of those different factors and relationships. So not just your relationship with your child, but your relationship with your partner, if you have one, your relationships with friends, right? Making sure that all of those things are thought about when we come into parenting and when we think about how we're showing up, because all of those things matter to how we show up to parenting. And I mentioned this one last week, but I think it bears repeating. Another idea that is just at the center of everything I believe about parenting is that there is no such thing as a perfect parent. Literally, there is no such thing. So instead of chasing perfection, I want to help you keep showing up, even on the hardest days. I want to support you in doing the thing over and over, even when it feels like you're failing, because guess what? Literally none of us do this perfectly. But I do think it can feel better, right? And so that brings me to my next point. If it's not feeling good the way that you're parenting, it is never too late to change it. Never. And my last idea that I'm going to leave you with in terms of my approach to parenting is that you, as you are right now, are already enough. And you are exactly the right parent for your child. I'm going to repeat that because I think it is so important. You are already enough and you are exactly the right parent for your child or children. So that is just an overview of some of the key ideas. I'm sure I didn't cover all of them, but just some of the key ideas that I really believe strongly and deeply about parenting. And those ideas are going to sort of form the lens through which everything I say on this podcast gets filtered. Now, what to expect from this podcast going forward. So Raised Resilient is going to be a mix of educational episodes where we deep dive into certain topics to help build understanding, interviews with experts in, the, in this field and in adjacent fields who can help shed light on different aspects of parenting, and sometimes I will answer listener questions. So toward that end, if you have a parenting question that you'd like me to answer on the podcast, you can go to raiseresilient.com podcast and submit it there. There's a form and you can ask your question and I will get to it at some point on the podcast. So the format will vary, but a few things will stay constant. Each episode is going to be bite-sized enough to fit into busy mom life. I think that's really important. So I'm going to try to keep every episode around 20 minutes or less. Each episode is going to be dedicated to furthering your ability to parent in a way that feels good. And I'm going to use the knowledge I've gained in my training and experience as a psychologist, of course, but I'm also going to share the real life mom knowledge that you can only get by actually parenting. My goal is to break things down in a way that is relatable and accessible, no matter where you are on your journey to parenting differently. So expect some humor and lots of analogies. I love a good analogy. So these first two episodes are really meant to introduce you to me and to my approach, but beyond that, 
Feel free to search through the podcast archives and find the episode that you need most right now. And with that said, that wraps up today's episode. If your child's meltdowns are stressing you out, I've got you. My Complete Guide to Meltdowns will walk you through exactly what's going on and how to help so that next time your child melts down, you can feel confident. Download your copy today for free at raiseresilient.com grow. And if you enjoyed the show today, please share this episode and leave a review. Let's spread the word about raising resilient kids. Thanks for listening. And until next time, we've got this.